Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. What's it like to start a company based on fantasy sports and watch it turn into a gold mine? You're about to meet the president and co-founder of DraftKings as Guaranteed Money gets rolling. And welcome to TDR's Guaranteed Money. I am Ryan Doyle. It is a true honor and a pleasure to welcome in uh, somebody, you know, I'm going to we'll talk a little bit about this as we go through the podcast today. But, you know, it's a company that wasn't a household name, but now is a household name. And the man you're about to meet is a large part of that. DraftKings president and co-founder Matt Kalish joins the show. Matt, good to have you. Hey, good to be with you today. Uh, let's start off with that that part of it, because, you know, it's one of those companies that, you know, over a decade basically has popped into our lives and now is everywhere. Can you take us back to the the beginnings, the origins, the genesis of it all and tell us a little bit about how DraftKings as a company started? Yeah, it was really, you know, me and a couple of my partners, um, you know, we were all working together in corporate America and we had you know, jobs in marketing or analytics, you know, a lot of the things that are really important to DraftKings, like, you know, uh, technology, product development, analytics, marketing. Um, you know, we came up in corporate America doing a variety of those jobs. You know, uh, Jason Robbins, who's our CEO, um, had an analytics background, but also kind of started up the out-of-home marketing team for Vistaprint, including like TV advertising and things like that. Uh, and Paul, uh, he led North American Analytics there, and I was working on stuff like CRM marketing, like customer retention marketing. Um, so we all had this kind of corporate background and a lot of different experience from that. But we, on the side, we shared a lot of hobbies as well, like fantasy sports. Um, at the time, tons of poker was being played. You know, <laughs> I, I was kind of into all of these games that were competitive and you know, some money on the line and weren't easily solved things that you could like play with and talk about with your friends. And so like we were doing all of that. And so around, you know, like 2011, we got the entrepreneurial bug and decided nights and weekends to start working on DraftKings, which was basically like, what if you could do fantasy drafts every day, compete for, you know, cash it could be maybe your friends, could be a big public league. And at the time, there was a few really small daily fantasy um, operations going on with FanDuel being one. Um, one called Draft Street was the second biggest. Uh, and none of them, though, had really a ton of traction. Maybe there was like 10,000 people in the world playing daily fantasy at that time at the most. And so fast forward about a year, we had a product ready to go. We quit our yeah. jobs. And for baseball season of 2012, we launched DraftKings uh, with just that one sport. And then throughout the years after that, really focused on like growing the audience, adding more sports, adding more game variety to, to daily fantasy. And you know, for seven years or so, we grew that from nothing to like over 10 million registered users playing. What's that like? Do you have any of those reservations that I've heard some you know, people who have, you know, entered the entrepreneurial space when you quit your job, that moment you walk out of the office, do you ever think to yourself, holy shit, what am I doing? Yeah, for sure. Because um, <laughs> I think Jason, Paul and I are all pretty different in terms of the roles that we play in the company and very complimentary. So throughout the whole history, we've kind of like kept similar roles. But Jason's always been extremely good, like as a leader of the company, I would say he's like, one of the truly great tech CEOs out there and, um, you know, everything from kind of fundraising external to like 
strategic thinking internally about where we should focus and why, and also just being a really solid operator, like able to really like build teams scalably that are like can grow something big. You know, Jason's been a tremendous leader from day one and never really, I don't think anybody's ever really questioned that he's like amazing at his job too much. You know, the to build a company of this size and scale, you have to be like built a certain way in your brain, you know, to do sure. what, what Jason has done as a leader to like both be able to start it from zero, but then year after year after year as it gets bigger, broader, more complex, like being able to always rise to the challenge and like, um, have grown into your role and be able to just continue to scale and build yourself and, and lead a company like that, you know? So like, yeah, he's always been able to bring that to the table. I thought Paul on the engineering product side has built like an amazing team. That's, you know, now hundreds and hundreds of engineers building like our sports betting platform, casino, uh, now rainmakers football and our web three stuff fantasy, um, but there was a time when he had a couple people on his team total, you know, and he's a hands on yeah. writing code and whatever. And for me, like more operationally and marketing wise, like same thing. And we've all grown from these roles where you're the one person in the whole company doing it or you have like one or two people now to the teams are quite large. Um, yeah. So just being able to always kind of scale yourself and like rise to that next wave of challenge, it's tough. And I think that's why more companies don't get to that point is right. Like you, at some point you hit that limit where you've just kind of like maxed out. And I feel like like we just built a, a company with really great people, like our first 20, 30, 40 people in the door. Vast bulk of them are still here and they all have like giant roles in the company and, and have like stepped up and delivered every time. Let's let's talk about sports wagering because you mentioned you mentioned that that sort of growth and then the pivot, of course, towards the sports wagering realm. What has the last couple of years been like, and was that something that was always on the company's radar? If in fact the the Supreme Court went the way they did, it wasn't like really on the radar in terms of you know investing resources there up until 2016. That was around when. You know, the news started popping up that New Jersey was going to have a Supreme Court case. And there was this prospect of maybe PASPA is overturned like federally and then states would start launching Sportsbook. And so it was sometime like late 2016, we really put our head down and started, you know, like we game planned around what would happen if, you know, Supreme Court overturned PASPA and we were able to launch in presumably New Jersey first, which was like the state that brought the case. And so that prior to that moment, we were just 100 percent focused on daily fantasy. That's a right. big business in and of itself, like millions sure. and millions of people, um, you know, billions of dollars of entry fees every year. People are putting on the line. It's like um, highly engaging, great like retention. People just show up like season after season, year after year. And so we saw that that business that um that audience just like loved the product, kept growing every year. Like the feedback cycle was great. So we were always able to like add new things like best ball or whatever. Um, but, you know, Sportsbook's such a massive opportunity. So we carved off some people and, and went off into Europe a bit, did some research on all the platforms, just tried to get a better idea for what um, like the best and best of breed kind of Sportsbook platforms looked like. And, like when comparing that to what was currently in the U.S., like the Las Vegas retail sports books or something, it was honestly just like very different. It was kind of night and day. 
the U.S. hadn't really like um, those products hadn't had gotten a lot of investment because they didn't really operate in a lot of markets. So uh, relatively like small amounts of handle and things were being played in, in Vegas. But the idea of like a more national product that's digital, mm-hmm. like the way those products look in Europe were way different. Like every sport, dozens of sports, everything's real time. Everything has live in-game betting, wild and crazy like types of parlays you've <laughs> never seen. You know, so you go there and, and in 2016, it was very eye-opening. Um, so our process was basically like we started building a sports book before the PASPA bill even got uh, right. uh, repealed. So we were ready to launch in New Jersey. Uh, it got repealed mid-May, and we launched August 1st. So we were ready like a couple months after the Supreme Court repealed PASPA, even though like company had no prior sports betting kind of platform or experience at all. What has stood out to you over the last couple of years when it comes to the sports wagering space is you've, you've delved into more states and, and more states have come aboard. Yeah, I think it's really just like such an accessible, easy way to um, there's like this part of your brain where you like predicting things you want to compete. Yep. You want to like, see if you can, put together like a a narrative, a story about a game, and then be right, like predict things and be right about it. And it's really like the core thing that everything DraftKings do have in common is this idea of like money's a little bit of a scoreboard. You kind of put it in, predict things, see what happens. And then like sometimes you win, sometimes you don't, then rinse and repeat on to the next one. I think Sportsbook is really just like such a great experience because the propositions are really simple it's not like um like first reaction was it's not anywhere near as complex to pick up as fantasy and you don't necessarily need to spend quite the amount of time to do research diligence like learn all the players all their stats who's going to have a good week or not matchups like you can do all that but you could also just say like i don't know i'm going to take over whatever 212 points in the Celtics game because I'm going to the Celtics game and I want to be like cheering for them. So I'm going and, you know, I know it's a coin flip basically. So like you're, you kind of are boxed into this world of like, you know, nothing you do is that off. It's like the, the odds kind of give you a roughly correct price and you can sort of have fun with it. It can be accessible. So I just saw like a much uh, bigger audience open up that included people maybe historically that fantasy didn't include, which were just like simple proposition, like pick a side, cheer for the thing you want, and just like amplify the the game, make it more fun that way. You know, when we put the sports betting realm to the side for a second, I saw a great commercial that came up in my social media feed for Rainmakers. Uh, I think it featured one of my favorite wide receivers, Stefan Diggs. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Rainmakers football and how it actually is different from your current daily fantasy product. Yeah, so nothing's historic. Like about what we do in fantasy, nothing's changed historically about daily fantasy. Like anybody who played last year is going to have the same experience, the same games, you know, prize pools. Everything is really, you know, like um, like undisrupted in that side mm-hmm. of the world. What's different this year is that, you know, over the last year we built out a bit better of a Web3 strategy. I think just preparing for you know, all of the ways that the future could look and what types of games um, might be sort of more prominent in the future that aren't right now. Maybe they don't even exist right now or they barely do. So 
Rainmakers is this convergence of a bunch of interests of a lot of our players, including myself. It would include everyone from, if you love games like Ultimate Team, you know, Madden Ultimate Team or FIFA on EA Sports, or you love, you know, collecting sports cards and opening packs on, you know, uh, uh, like a break site, whatnot, or whatever. Um, if you are a like day trader who likes you know predicting things in the markets what will go up or down if you're a big fantasy player of course like mm-hmm. at its heart rainmakers is fantasy football um so yeah big fantasy players um nft and crypto people like all of these interest areas kind of converge into rainmakers which is it's a fantasy football game where the contests themselves actually have no fee to play. Like you can play them for free and compete for over a million every week in prizing. What you need is the ownership of player cards. The player cards make up your lineup that you're submitting, and that's how you kind of compete for the prizing. So it's almost like turned on its side from what DFS feels like, where you know in DFS there's no there's no kind of asset you possess. There's no sense of like a limited amount of certain players. Right. It's just a salary cap, right? So you pay an entry fee, salary cap, and you make your team. This is different because it's like only so many people can have different, you know, athletes at all in their lineup because only so many exist. And if you have it, you can play it in your lineup. And that's kind of like the thing that governed the game is, you know, at the heart and soul is the player card that, you know, if you hold that, you have the power and you have the utility. What inspired you to to launch something like Rainmakers? Is it just, you know, Web3 is coming, we've got to try new things, we've got to be ready and be prepared for a world that is, you know, in my mind, changing faster than ever. We talk about NFTs, we talk about Web3 on the show all the time. So, you know, as a company, is, is that what kind of launches something like this, where you've got to have some product in place and, and sort of be first first to the post? Yeah, these sort of newer games are always... I mean, I guess first, DraftKings does not launch products often. It's rel- like relatively rare that we would launch something big and like totally new. The um, like in our fantasy world, when we launch game varieties or you know, like a snake draft format or something, I would view that as kind of like a game variant, but not a fundamental new game altogether, right? And at at DraftKings, we don't launch something new even every year like that. It's yeah. pretty rare. It was, I would say. You know, 2017, 2018, we launched like the sports betting casino app, and that's really the last like large launch. And then, you know, about a year ago, we started working out um, from like a more of a Web3 standpoint, like, okay, what does the future hold? And started building our strategy there. And one of the big things was, you know, the leagues. In partnership with the leagues, we can build some really interesting gameplay around this like new tech of NFTs, right? And I think NFT, like the, I almost hate even using the word anymore. I think it's like hugely a detraction from most things is even mentioning NFTs because most people's like cynicism goes to a million percent <laughs> right away. And yeah. they're like, oh, if it's NFT, an, an NFT thing, I think it's a scam or a, like a rug pull or something. And so I don't even think you need to mention it to explain like what what the intent here was. But basically it was like we can build a game that's driven off player cards. The player cards can be like an asset people own and yeah. it's yours. You can trade it. You can just like you would do with trading cards on eBay or whatever. You can break packs of them just like you do on whatnot. 
you can decide like I think this one's going to go up or down, just like whatever top shots. Um, the the fact that it's on this blockchain NFT technology, like oh, that's probably good that we're you know leveraging this brand new kind of like emerging tech that might be a bigger part of the future, you know. But at its heart, what what is DraftKings? It's just people playing games like fantasy sure. football. So like while all of that is cool. I think the the core heart and soul of the game is people are collecting these to play fantasy football, to compete in contests, to win millions of prizes every week. And that's like always going to be the core of what we do. But I think the the specific gameplay, like um, through the marketplace and the packs and everything, we're able to really create like a much more like multifaceted experience. And like the fact that you own the cards, that they're officially licensed by the players, I think that's opened a whole new realm of possibilities in terms of like you mentioned Stefan Diggs and you yeah. know Zeke. Um and, and what Lamar was it Jackson. It's always wearing that tube yeah. top, man. It's always the tube top with that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not you'll notice you don't really see active NFL players in sportsbook advertising, right? Or you don't really see that in DFS. Um, it's just a different category, right? These are NFT, like these assets are collectibles. So like people are like um, the, the rules of the road are different. So it gives you kind of this way of being more engaged with the players, bringing them closer into the game and the experience, like in a way that we weren't able to do with other products. So like, it's definitely quite different. And I think it's important to say, you know, like nothing's changing with daily fantasy because I mm-hmm. think a lot of people like the game where, the the equation's super simple. You entry fee in, payouts out weekly, no IP, you don't own anything. You could literally right. like play one week, take three weeks off and whatever, and there's no commitment, no nothing. And that game is, um, we have the biggest one in the world of that. So that will not change. But there is a universe of people who like, games other than that too right like there's a universe of people who like ea sports ultimate team an awful lot and they invest a ton of time and you know they're breaking packs they're trying to improve their team they're trying to upgrade it don't even earn a dollar right it's just like what there's a large audience of people like many millions of people who play games like that and so i think rainmakers kind of fill this complementary role in the world of like draft kings where you know, there's this audience we just weren't quite reaching. And I think it gives us that opportunity better than ever. Where do you see this company and, and the vision for this company in, in five to 10 years? Because I mean, obviously, it's been a one hell of a decade when it comes to you know changes in laws, pivoting to different uh, areas and different areas of expertise as a company. Where do you see DraftKings growing to, let's say, in the next in the next 10 years? Yeah, the the idea of just scaling what we're currently doing core business-wise, I think, is probably, like, top of the list. Because we have, sure. like, DraftKings as a brand, as a company, is basically just, you know, adds excitement to games that you're watching anyway, right? It's a... Um, it's a form of just action, a form of entertainment that millions and millions of people seek out games like what we build. And... I think we have a lot of the main ones covered with the audience that we're going after, like fantasy sports. Millions of people are playing. We have world's leading DFS platform, you know, in Sportsbook, we're one of the top operators in the U.S. And casino, same thing, you know, with our iGaming platform. Uh, And now with this kind of like emerging Web3 and Rainmaker space, kind of trying to continue to build out, you know, in some aspects where where maybe like we weren't quite serving you know, the full 
the full perspective, kind of like DraftKings audience that we want to serve. But I think we have a lot of the main products, the main pieces that you need to like keep satisfied, keep happy, you know, um, this type of, of player, this type of consumer. And so it's really just about like improving everything we're doing, improving the satisfaction across everything we're doing, impeccable operations, just getting a little bit sharper on, you know, how we present to the world, how we present our brand to the world. And uh, I'd say like some of our main main like uh, goals or the things we're setting internally are like we want a large sort of when we think about satisfaction of people on the platform playing these games, we want to build like a very large lead there. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like OK to be one percentage point better than, you know, uh, what FanDuel Sportsbook like we want a 15 point advantage <laughs> on like when people are playing, they just think it's like that much better of an experience, you know, and. That being said, we come we come in from a position where like DraftKings has been in these markets for only a few years ever, right? We, only four years in sportsbook. Mm -hmm. The biggest site like FanDuel Sportsbook is part of Flutter, which is like a decades and decades old largest European gambling company in the world. They own like Poker Stars. They own yeah. you know Paddy Power. They own Betfair. They own everything. Like. They have a giant, it's like a giant conglomerate, right? It's yeah, they've like been at it a bit. With, <laughs> with like Walmart, right? And so <laughs> so the idea of them buying a brand like FanDuel and launching and competing, it's like a little unrealistic to say day one, we're going to just like smash FanDuel to bits and be the number one, you know, sports book by a million miles, right? So we know it's a, a multi-year journey, but like that's where we, we aspire to be. So like we're putting in those types of investments and I think we're in a really good position over the course of, you know, years to really like emerge and become, you know, that that clear leader. And we feel the same way in everything that we do. So I think it's really just about like continuously improving across all aspects of like where we're currently focused. Matt, I'm looking forward to experiencing Rainmakers myself, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk a little bit about DraftKings and the journey you've been on, and much success going forward, my friend. Thank you so much for taking it. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Hey, thanks for watching. This is the part where we put you to work just a little bit. So like, subscribe, and of course, tap the bell to get alerts for when new content comes out. Leave a comment if you can, and if you really liked what you saw, share it on social media, won't you?